Anime Declassified is a podcast run by the Anime Secrets website. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org for more anime, video game, tokusatsu content. Remember to follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts today. All right. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of Anime Classified, hosted by AnimeSecrets.org. Today, we will be discussing the Super Mario Brothers movie, the hit movie of the year so far. As of this recording, it is currently the number one movie in the world in terms of total box office accumulated, the highest grossing video game movie ever, currently the fifth highest grossing animated film, if you don't count The Lion King, which... Or if you do count The Lion King, sorry, which, honestly, we shouldn't count the live-action Lion King as animated. And, honestly, yeah, it is a movie that has taken a lot of people by surprise, by storm. I'm joined here by the chief, Rizwan Merchant. The strong silent type. I am very silent because my mic was not one to unmute. Hey, everyone. Anthony Davis. Hey, how's it going, guys? And Diana. Hello. All right, guys. Well, by this point, I think we've all seen the movie, hopefully. Uh, if we haven't, right. it's going to be kind of awkward talking for the next hour or so. Right. right. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> yeah, what did you all think about it? I want to start by saying I was against this movie and did not want to see it. And I was wrong. And it was magical. So I had a very similar initial reaction to it, to be honest. Because when I saw the first trailer, Mario and Luigi didn't have their little Italian accent. (laughs) And... (laughs) It was a bunch of A-list actors doing the voice acting, and I was like, okay, we got a bunch of A-list actors who can't do the Italian accent for whatever reason. I'm not sure I'm going to like this, because that's part of the summer Super Mario Brothers, is the accent. Mm-hmm. But I still made an effort. I went and saw it twice now, and uh, yeah, I think it's a really good movie. For the most part. I mean, I have very little complaints about it, honestly. Yeah, going off of what Rizwan was saying about the accents, um, I really just had a problem uh, with the lack of them using original voice actors. I felt that the original voice actors were done dirty with that. Um, they've never made the type of money that uh, these A-list actors made. And to be then replaced by them, I was, I had my strong reasonings for being against that. I had that. I had that feeling. Too. I had definitely felt that way too. And this going this initially, you know. I think the part that bugs me the most with what you're saying, Diana, is that Charles Martinet, who voiced Mario and Luigi, were actually in was actually in this, yes. but not as Mario and Luigi. That felt like such a snub because it, he it literally was such had a one weird, line. Yeah. Hmm. Nah, the way they put him in the movie, I thought it was actually probably one of the best ways you could have put him in the movie. Oh, Why? it was Charming. clever as hell. It was clever as hell for, like, the movie. And it was obviously a nod to, to him and his work. But yeah. to, to completely replace him with an A-list actor, I still feel is, like, kind of a snub. 
Yeah, I mean, I love Chris Pratt. I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy last night, and... It was so good. It was so good, but... <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. Chris Pratt is an amazing actor, but I'd rather have had Charles Martinet in the lead role for Mario, if I'm being honest. And this is really the only complaint I have with the movie that I can think of right now, because... You know, I've seen over the years different voice actors talk about how when it comes to, like, the bigger productions that work that they were part of in the original run, they're not even considered for the Hollywood A-list movie mm-hmm. blockbuster. They're replaced by, I don't know, uh, Chris Pratt, for example, <laughs> and Seth Rogen, for whatever reason, he's in a lot of these things, honestly, and it's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Tara Strong being replaced by Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Yeah. So, like... I mean, Tara Strong replaced another voice actress, so it's not like she was the original. No, but... The, and, then, the... and then Callie Coco, who's been doing fantastic work as Harley, as in the Harley Quinn show. Like, I don't I think... It's think <laughs> I don't really think that... Like, I don't... I'm on... I'm... I know I was in the minority of this when they were announcing the voice cast because I love Charles Martinet's Mario. Yeah. But part of the things I love about Mario is that he really doesn't talk too much. Mainly, you know, you get your wahoos, your, you know, the normal just grunts, occasional lines of dialogue. But for a movie that was going to be an hour and a half, hour 40 minutes, I don't know if that voice is something that I would kind of... People don't want to hear for like... Yeah, the, that's like, the reason uh, I've been seeing a lot online is that people were saying that that would have gotten annoying. And, and honestly, he... and honestly, it would have. And the thing I loved about the casting of Chris Pratt is like if they were going to go with a movie and they were going to cast someone who's going to be kind of the everyman, like you say, oh, Chris Pratt's an A-list actor, but... Chris Pratt is a pretty dang good voice actor, too. Oh, like, yeah. Like, in the Lego movie, like, as soon as they said Chris Pratt's Mario, I'm like, yeah, I could see Emmett being the voice of Mario. I'm down for that, 100%. Yeah. So, like, you know, looking back at it now, because, of course, that was my reaction going into it, and I still have my feelings of, you know, the voice actors from the animation side kind of getting sapped a bit every now and then with roles that they could do. Um... I still walked out of the movie thinking, while I didn't want Chris Pratt in the beginning, I feel like his performance did us a solid because, you're right, the, the Italian accent for the hour and 40 minutes probably would not have been the best. It would have had the, the gusto that, you know, Mario is supposed to have, but... Honestly, I don't know if we can take that much of it as a fandom and an audience. Yeah, by the time I left the movie, going off of what Rispon said, I forgot that it was Chris Pratt. It was just Mario. It, it's yeah. like when I first got to the theater and there was no Italian accent, I was like, ugh, like he just, okay. Um, but, you know, like maybe 20 minutes into the movie, I forgot about that because I, I mean, was just it, having such a good time. I mean, it was there in the commercial they did. Yeah, that was a uh, Pratt and yes, Charlie that was over, <laughs> That was over embellished on purpose for the sake of it was a commercial. Now, 
Now, do we think that was Chris Pratt doing the act? That was Chris think... Pratt. Okay. Yeah, I think so. I didn't. That I didn't want to assume. You know. No, that was uh, Chris Pratt and Charlie Day who did the uh, Mario and Luigi, uh, mm -hmm. their normal ones for the commercial, and uh, I thought that was a blast. And then we saw the first of two Char uh, Charles Martinet commercials after, or uh, not commercials, uh, cameos afterwards. Mm -hmm. So that was just a nice one, just the little Jumpman reference and the arcade <laughs> right next to it. And man, that was this had a lot of. A lot of just blink and you miss it Nintendo things in there. It was oh my so god, many. so many. Like, I saw stuff the second time, I didn't see the first time. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, definitely one of those movies you can go see multiple times and still pick up things that you might have missed. It was just ridiculous. Like, uh, that first, that like first pizzeria place having all the punch out characters in there. Like, something I didn't notice until my friend told me a little bit later. I'm like, oh, shoot. And so when they go back towards the end of the movie, I'm like, looking at I'm like, yeah, those are those are portraits of uh, some of the Punch-Out boxers in there. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know, I didn't notice the first time through, and I noticed my second watch through, was one of the wedding gifts. Um, I know I'm getting ahead in story, but one of the wedding gifts was the Yoshi egg. I mean, I know that there was a whole really? herd of Yoshis that were running across the field, the meadow. Um, but one of the actual wedding gifts sitting on the table is the green Yoshi egg. And so I'm like, oh, my God, there has to be more movies coming in the future. This like whole universe, because they're hinting at Yoshi like hatching. You know, I just thought that was cool. I missed that part. Yeah, but I, I didn't see it the first time. The second time, though, I was like, oh, my God, Yoshi. Yeah, so the thing that I caught the second time was a very subtle callback to Mario Galaxy when there, when Pete is talking about um, there's, mo there's so many worlds out there because Mario asked her, uh, do you think you're from my world? And she said, I can't answer that. There's so many galaxies out there. And I thought that was a pretty clever callback to one of the other games in the franchise. Oh, there's so many. There's a lot of callbacks. Mm -hmm. and yeah, you hear so many, so much of that in the actual music, which beautiful. You know, not to dog on any other kind of video game adaptation that we've gotten, but you know, let's look at the popular one from last year and the whole Sonic movie. Between both of them, we only got one song from the game, maybe played for like twenty, thirty seconds combined between both of the movies. And yeah, they here, on this into the and score. In, yeah, and in here they they were not afraid to uh, they were not afraid to just say, yeah, this is a Mario mu movie. You're going to be hearing a lot of Mario music, mm -hmm. and that was the that was a really nice add-on they did for it. And it ranged from very subtle, just like notes of like from songs from Mario to the whole score being this song but like i mean just the the subtlety of it and then just the variety of it was great yeah yep no, it was good i the 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 one thing that i will complain about the music is and i don't know whose call it was if it was illumination or if it was nintendo or someone in there it's 
just the the pop songs. Just... I need a hero did not belong in this film. I was like, why is this here? Okay, it didn't belong, but it was still amazing to have it. No, I mean, it's a good song. I, I'm going to disagree. Okay. <laughs> I, the only one that made that worked, and I'm even saying that like slightly worked, was No Sleep Till Brooklyn. <laughs> okay, yeah. I, I like that one too, but I, I actually thought the I Need a Hero one was pretty pretty awesome here. And then at first I didn't mind them, but then I heard one of the cut tracks, uh, which was when they were in the Donkey Kong uh, world, and you know, I, I love Take On Me, and I'm like, ah, this is a neat song, and then I heard what they cut, and I'm like, why? What was it? Uh, I'll go ahead and uh, grab it for you guys here. I was but, really happy when they were playing the uh, DK entrance theme. <laughs> and Diddy Kong was cheering for DK. And I was like, oh my god. Oh, I <laughs> love that. Yeah. Absolutely loved it. But uh, uh, I think it's in the general here. So this is what they uh, cut out from uh, the movie. And this this is literally w- what would be playing as they're driving through the DK uh, Kingdom, and as a, I'm as a Donkey Kong fan, I was just like, gets me excited because if they get Brian Tyler for potential movie, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, ah uh, man, we are about to get even more amazing music on the big screen. Are you able to play this song through Craig for listeners? Um. Mm. That's just, just a snippet from it. Question. I just don't want to get you know. Oh sure, copyright yeah, strike. Yeah. I really don't like copyright strikes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Anthony, that was decent singing. You should do more often. <laughs> what do you mean, like? I feel I, feel, I kind of feel like you were kind of like uh, I was expecting it to be that good. Like <laughs> I'm shocked you actually can sing. Like <laughs> I mean, I've never heard it. <laughs> well, to be fair, that song is from somebody else. I saw on YouTube who sung about copyright strikes and stuff like that. To, uh, in, order, in order for him not to get copyright strikes, ironically. Well, uh, we'll post a link on it. Of, on yeah, I'll put a link on the description. Yeah, but okay. yeah. But yeah, it's just like, okay. Like, I understand it's Illumination's thing that they put in a lot of pop songs in their movies. It's one of the things they're known for, and rightfully so, one of the things people were worried about when they heard which studio was making this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, there's some scenes that I'm like, yeah, that just didn't work for me. Uh, I need a hero. If it wasn't like the third movie that had that montage in it this year, <laughs> it it would stick out, it, or it'd be a little bit more unique. But I'm just like, oh my god, that is the third time this is played. It played in like Shazam two, and then there's one other movie, and it's like, wow, three I need a hero montages. 
Yeah, I had that same feeling with uh, No Sleep Till Brooklyn because it was just in Guardians too. I was like, oh, okay, so this is the 2023 song. Got it. <laughs> But talk about the Peaches song. Yeah, but aside from that, the music was just absolutely fantastic. When it was the original score, uh, huge kudos to the uh, composer uh, Brian Tyler. They even got Koji Kondo to help out a little bit as well with some of the arrangements. Um, well, that's good. Did Jack but, Black uh, write the Peaches song by himself? Uh, he improved it from yeah, what that's I read. What I that's uh, what I thought. They put him in front of a piano and just let him go to town. Yeah, they said, uh, okay, so here's this, and they just kind of worked off each other. Like, you know what? We like it. Put it in the film. <laughs> peaches, 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 peaches. <laughs> Like, I have to imagine he was just in the recording booth and he started singing that random, and they're like, you know what, we're going to use this somehow. Right. <laughs> that man is a certified genius. Even I'm singing, I sing that song literally to this day. Yeah. It took me two weeks to get it out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> Still in my head. Like, it, it was so good. It was, uh, it was... It's one of those songs that just like gets stuck in there, and it it reached number fifty six on the Billboard one hundred. I'm very happy that I saw the movie right away because obviously it leaked all over the internet, and everyone was singing it. And even if you hadn't seen the movie yet, you knew that that song was coming. Um, mm -hmm. I had no idea it was in the movie. I saw it the first day, and so it was a total surprise, and I I laughed my ass off. I was cracking up in the theater like laughing obnoxiously loud because i just didn't see it coming and i'm grateful for that because you know it is 2023 and if the trailer didn't ruin the movie for you then someone on the internet will so the funny yeah. part is i saw this movie for the first time last week and for those listeners at home that's roughly a little under a month after the movie came out and mm -hmm. I got relatively few spoilers about the movie. Like, I didn't... That's good. I didn't hear the pizza song. I didn't hear anything about the plot or what was going to happen or anything. Like, I, I, all, I, all I could go off of was that first trailer. Because I didn't watch the second or third trailer that came out after until after. So... I'm impressed that I was able to do that because, yeah, it made the movie much more enjoyable than if I had, you know, been scrolled on stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I was actually, I was hoping Jack Black was going to get a musical number because I think Jack Black was the only casting that everyone, like, universally was excited for. And he freaking knocked this out of the park. Like, he got the Bowser split personalities down amazingly. And just having him with that musical number, I'm just like, all right, where's, where's our Jack Black song? And as soon as it came on, I was like, all right, movie of the year. I 
I am, I'm not really sure. So here's the thing. Um, in, in terms of having a complaint about something, most of the time when somebody has a complaint about something, they have a solution that they can provide. I can't provide a solution. I don't know what it is that I would rather or expected. Um, I have major complaints about Peach's voice actress. Um, she just sounded like a white female. That was about it. Didn't really do anything for me. Um, there was nothing wow-worthy about Peach for me in this I mean- movie. What were you looking for? You don't That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Well, because Peach is more, her voice is more pitched. Her voice is more like, I don't know. This was just, I'm reading lines. I'm a woman playing a woman's role. This wasn't very animated to me. I mean, she could have performed in a live action film and it would have been the same. Do you know voice acting has more oomph to it? And there wasn't a lot of oomph for this role. I thought Anya Taylor Joy was fine. She was might have fine. been that might have been the way they wrote Peach, though. That's what I was thinking is maybe that they wrote her like a white female. Um, and like I said, I wasn't sure if it's if it's the actress or if it was the way they wrote Peach. Um, but she just felt like a typical heroine. I also uh, was very confused as to why Toad was a grown man. Did anybody else feel that way? I mean, toads are weird. Yeah. Yeah, but the the toad from the game, like, I mean, I know there's multiple toads, but the toad from the game is more like a a little boy. Yeah, because Keegan Michael Key voices him. Um, For those out there who don't know, uh, Keegan Michael Key is a comedian slash actor. He's been he's been in a lot of stuff as of recently. I know people who watch Mad TV would look, would be excited to hear him, you know, do a voice or whatever. Um, and uh, he, he's, he's been around. I loved Key as Toad just because uh, he's the only one that I'm like, okay, yeah, you, unless someone told you that's uh, Key, nobody would buy it. And it was good. It's just the one thing about his character is like, and I think that kind of goes along with some of the problems with the movie, because it's a Mario movie, and Mario's not necessarily known for its groundbreaking, captivating stories. So there really wasn't a whole lot for most of the characters not named Mario and Peach to do. And after the Rainbow Road scene... Toad just kind of disappears a little That's bit. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, but I, but when he was there, he was like, he was great. Uh, or not great, but he was good. He was entertaining. Uh, the only thing I was kind of disappointed that they didn't do is I thought for sure they were just going to make him like, Captain Toad, because you don't play the Captain Toad theme in there unless you're planning on doing something, but hmm. I don't know. Maybe they'll do that in another movie. It might be foreshadowing. Maybe. But it made me think, though, like, did his voice sound like pitched to you guys a little bit? Or is it just me? No, he, uh, there's an interview he did 
where he was like talking about uh, there's a sketch he did where he was a substitute teacher. And so he was going for that voice, but they kept asking him to go higher and higher. And he gets to the toad voice like towards the end. So there might have been like some mixing they did afterwards because that that voice might be hard for him to keep up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, going along with the story, it's a pretty basic one. Mario and Luigi um, try to save Brooklyn from a massive leak, get sucked into the Mushroom Kingdom. Luigi gets captured, which happens in the games from time to time. Typical Luigi move right there. And Mario wants to go save him. Which uh, also happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Were you guys expecting... Um, much of a story on this, or what What were kind of your expectations going into it for, like, the actual story itself? Well, compared to, like, other video game movies out there, being the basis for my, you know, expectation here, I didn't have a lot of high hopes or anything really, like, you know, I'm not expecting a full thesis of a story with, like, ooh, here's a scene of I can't believe they did that, or a, you know, a cliffhanger or something like that. I, I expected something simple and true to the Mario kind of world, you know? Hmm. They so, got really serious with the uh, fathers not approving of them. Father's disapproval. Uh, that, was, that was some deep stuff for a silly Mario movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was, uh, that was a nice little addition. Um, I feel like says to him, "Well, your dad's right." <laughs> okay, I I actually love that part because yeah. like, normally during that in the kids' movie, it's like, "Oh, well, now we have something in common." And DK is yeah. like, "Nah, a few minutes. Your dad's sad. right." <laughs> well, it actually this that that kind of prompts a little bit of a hero's journey for Mario and Luigi because. They start the movie off, they have no finances left, they've sold everything off to make money, to make their commercial, to get their company going. And instead of being met with the support from their family, you know, I mean, of course, the mom supported them, but what mom will not support their kid? But the rest of the family kind of, you know, insulted them, saying, oh, you said you have quit your day job, or blah, blah, whatever. And to see them take that... And do the hero's journey into the Western world and beyond, and then come back and save Brooklyn. I thought that was a pretty cool touch to it because if they didn't have that scene with the parents disapproving, you didn't lose a lot in terms of storytelling. But that subtle detail, like you're right, it it adds something extra for you know Mario. What what it means for Mario and Luigi to have come back from all this insanity and what it means for the family now to look at him and say, oh, well, you're not failures. You're, you're, actually, you're actually doing something. Also, shout out for Charles Marnet playing a good Mario dad. I mean, yeah, that was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Have I ever told you I've met Charles Martinet in person? 
I recall you meeting him. I just don't remember when exactly you said this or when this happened. It was one of the Comic-Cons in Louisiana a couple of years before COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, We got a photo together. He did the wahoo, and I did wahoo, so... (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, in the the before time? (laughs) In the before time, when, you know, we had... Um, when we had, you know, more regular attended cons, but, you know, we're getting back to that now, slowly. Yeah, slowly, yeah. surely. Anime Central next week, and predicted to have about 35,000 plus guests. Or attendants. Ranger stop in June for me, Anthony, and Nathan, and maybe Frankie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, definitely agreed with the dad. Uh, it was... I don't want to say it was like mind blowing, but it was just like weird seeing the family because Nintendo had sketches of these guys, but they never released it to anyone except the directors when they were making this. They said, oh, yeah, uh, we have some stuff of what their family probably look or what their family looks like. If you guys want to use this as a reference, go for it. Which it was nice because. Jeez, even when they're babies, we didn't see their parents. Also, the cameos by Baby Mario and Luigi were really unexpected. So cute. So adorable. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, like... Hey, nice photo. He's a little taller than I thought he'd be. He is really tall. Uh, For those of y'all that can't see... I posted a photo of Charles Martinet in the general chat of our Discord. And this is a great time to mention, if you're not already in our Discord, what are you doing? Get in here. Hang with us. <laughs> We'd love to have you here. Yeah, it'd be great. So, uh, yeah, no, he's way taller than I expected when I first saw him. Actually, I didn't know he was going to be at the con. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, walking around on the final day. I'd already spent most of my money on other stuff because that's what you do at cons. And then I saw him, I was like, holy crap. The guy who played Mario is standing right in front of me and I have no money. <laughs> so I quickly stole, uh, stole some money from a friend, not stole, but like begged him profusely, give me like 40 bucks or whatever it was, <laughs> and I'll PayPal you back later. It's not a big deal. And I was able to do that and get to meet him and get a photo. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, one character that I think I, uh, that I want to talk about that absolutely made me laugh because every nearly every time they appeared, they were just hilarious. Is a uh, hammock the magic Koopa? Oh my god, yes, <laughs> dude! That magic Koopa stole it at some points for me. Uh, one shows the range of Kevin Michael Richardson, who is a phenomenal voice actor. The uh, goat, the goat. <laughs> It was so good, and it's like every time he came in there being Bowser's hype man, I just like <laughs> lost it. It's like was she Peach for like the little like uh 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 the proposal? Yeah, you... I think that part got the biggest laugh out of my theater next to the Peach <laughs> song. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, the. Uh, the blue shell Koopa also, just like the seriousness of him. Uh, 
contrasted with Kamek as well. Just like that whole sequence there, it's like, he's beaten Donkey Kong. Was she impressed? Yes, sir. <laughs> Just... Oh, man. Uh, but no, I think there's some really funny characters in there. Um, and I guess really the only person that I didn't think was all that good was Cranky Kong. He, he wasn't that cranky to me. He wasn't cranky at all, actually. He was... He was more sarcastic at points, and that was it. Uh, what did everyone think about the uh, Luma character? Oh my god, the best. <laughs> I liked... The sweet release of death. Uh, my... I, I couldn't remember, like... So I'm probably a bad Mario fan, but I know Luma as a character, but I can't remember where it first came in. Was it in Galaxy, or was it something earlier? Yeah, so it's in Galaxy. Uh, the Lumas are uh, not the stars you're gathering, but um, star-like creatures that eventually become planets after a while. Okay. Yeah, and I vaguely remember... And they're tied to Rosalina and this... Uh, Luma in particular is called Luma Lee, and I think they appeared in Galaxy 2. Okay. But this wasn't the personality they had. <laughs> no, I mean, so I played a little bit of Galaxy on the Wii before the Wii decided to go break. So, yeah, I was kind of thinking it was there, but I just couldn't play the entire game, so I don't know. Yeah, uh, my friend who uh, went with me to go watch the movie, he he died every time the Luma came on. That that was his favorite character. <laughs> uh, mine was Kamek, followed by uh, DK, um, and yeah, we talked about the brief cameos of some of the Donkey Kong characters in there. Diddy being the DK fanboy. Uh, Absolutely loved it. Uh, you know, just like that small moment. It's like, soon, guys, soon. <laughs> One day we're going to have a movie. I'm, I'm just waiting for another uh, con Donkey Kong Country game. It's been almost 10 years since the last one. I was honestly kind of sad we didn't see any cameo from Candy Kong. I think they had to uh, kind of condense it, but we randomly saw... Chunky, which was really surprising. And then uh, Blink and You Miss It, Swanky Kong. I didn't see Swanky Kong, what? He was the uh, Kong where, uh, when they're driving, who crashes into the banana and his cart blows up. Oh, no, I know who he is. I didn't see that happen. Yeah, he was like, he was there. It was like a very brief one. Do I need to go watch it a third time? You do. Like I said, it is a very—it's a very, very brief cameo. If you're not even looking for him, you just think he's another Kong. But yeah. People are like, oh, dude, Swanky Kong. Swanky Kong's dead. I hope not. No. You see him fly out of the cart before the cart blows up. Yeah. You owe me a cart. Ah, <laughs> uh, but uh, rest in peace to King Babam. I'm sure he'll be built back, but uh, 
He got blown up. Did y'all see King Boo in the background? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, King Boo. That wedding scene. Uh, pretty funny. Uh, the... Ah, oh, man. The humor didn't always land, but some of the visual jokes they did when they did them were great. Like when the Koopa says... What if she ne- says no and Bowser just burns them into a dry pout? <laughs> also, you... oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, another cameo that I didn't know until, like, after my second viewing, just now I found it on uh, CBR. I didn't know Pauline, the first damsel from Donkey Kong, yeah. made a cameo in the background. I didn't recognize her. Yeah, she was a... Uh... They took a they took her look from uh, Odyssey and made her mayor of uh, Brooklyn instead of uh, New Donk City. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people saw her in like one of the first posters. Like you just see her back there, and then I wasn't expecting her to talk. That cameo actually did throw throw me off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, one of those like again like blink and you'll miss it, or if you're not really paying attention. It can just fly you by. Uh, so this movie, definitely going back and rewatching it. Uh, there's just being on the lookout for things you may have been, you may have missed. is uh, is a good watch. Yeah, definitely. The whole also, bit about Mario not liking mushrooms got me so weak. In the beginning, they're in, in Brooklyn, and they're like, in your mushrooms. I don't like mushrooms. And then he shows up to the Mushroom Kingdom, and she's like, here. And he's like, oh, I don't like mushrooms. Do you have anything else? You know my response was to that? Mm-hmm. My response was, bro, how can you not like mushrooms, but yet you're the reason I love mushrooms? <laughs> I just thought <laughs> Oh, it was such irony. Like, Mario powers up with a mushroom. We've all known this since the 60s. And then it's like, I don't like mushrooms. I was going to say... 80s? <laughs> oh. <laughs> there happened? was no Mario in the 60s. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're right. You're right. That was such a blunt moment. Sorry. Speaking <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, of, real quick, did you guys know the creator came out and said that Mario is supposed to be a 25-year-old male? Yeah, he said that yeah. a while ago. That's wild. <laughs> So, yeah, they, they, they older? He definitely looks middle-aged. I mean, it's matter. hard to tell on, on like, a Nintendo original. No, for sure, for sure. But even, like, when they were, like, when the like movie his... first started, I was like, why does he live with his parents? He's, like, 40. <laughs> <laughs> and then they come out, they're like, oh, no, he's 25. Like, oh, okay, I guess that makes more sense. Well, okay, but I would have attributed that to the fact that they're living in poverty, first of all. That's fair. And then second, Italians are more family-oriented. That is very fair. They are a massive Italian family. All the aunts and uncles were also at the dinner tables. They probably always Yeah. So I could see them all living together. It would make sense to me. I don't know. He's always looked like a mid-20s or almost early 30s guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that at the end of the movie, they've brought their uh, bedroom, and they now live in the Mushroom Kingdom, but it's the same bedroom. Love that. Yeah. 
Also, I think ducks who didn't fit in back in Brooklyn, so they found their home in the Mushroom Kingdom. Love that. I think my favorite realization of the entire movie was in the early scenes when Mario, after everyone disses him about you know them being failures and dragging the brother down and all that, he leaves the dinner table and goes to his bedroom, and what does he do? but play the original NES. So I'm thinking to myself, this bro went to the room to play with himself. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, harking on that scene, uh, I, I'll say I think my favorite part was the chemistry that Chris Pratt and Charlie did with each other as, bro- as playing Mario and Luigi. Like, it actually felt like, yeah, these guys are brothers. Like, they... They will fight for each other, and like it's a thing I wish they would have spent more time together in the movie because they're only really together at the beginning and at the end, and yeah. it does kind of harken the point like when they're together, like they can do anything, but it's just like, man, it's called the Mario Brothers movie, but they're not together for like ninety percent <laughs> of it. I guess they're probably saving well, that for this movie, hopefully. Well, so my thought was, you know, like I said, I, I had no idea what this movie was going to be like. I had no idea what the movie was going to be about. I didn't expect Luigi to even have that big of a role walking into the movie. I expected a cameo at some point. Maybe a, at the end of the movie, they'll have a cameo where you see Luigi and that'll set up the second movie. So seeing Luigi as much as we did was actually a pleasant surprise to me. Man, you really didn't see any promotional material for the movie then? Dude, I I am amazing at avoiding spoilers for things I want to see. Because uh, I will say, if there's anyone who did feel underused in this movie, it was definitely Charlie Day's Luigi, because uh, he definitely had the uh, manic, like, not so much, not coward, but, like, nervousness that mm-hmm. Luigi is known for. Yes. And, Bowser was like pulling out his mustache hair and he's like, Oh yeah, someone who looks exactly like me. No, 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 that's my brother. <laughs> oh, and, I, and I love that. It's like, do princesses like him if they have good taste? Loved that. The ultimate hype man, his brother. <laughs> have you met my brother Mario? <laughs> he's single. And, and like I said, like I understood, like when they finally got back together, it made that moment when they got the star and then just started wrecking house like oh. more impactful. Oh yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure Riz might agree with me. He might not, but I'm just gonna ask it. Okay, did that last attack, Riz? Rider kick. A rider kick. Yeah, it was a rider yeah, kick. It did. It was a rider kick. It was a rider was kick. Crazy. I was like, that looked like a rider kick. It's like no, and I'm no. a rider kick. It was one hundred percent rider kick. Okay, yeah. good. I was like, so, <laughs> I was gonna look like, like for those of y'all in the Tokusatsu fan listen to us over here at Declassified, yeah, they have a common rider kick in the movie. It was great. Oh, it was phenomenal. I loved it. <laughs> Every second of it. And going to the part about the music, uh the the Director and the composer, or I don't know if it was the directors, but 
the composer did say that he had to fight because originally the song that they used for that last scene wasn't the remix of the star music. Hmm. It was another pop song. It was a uh, Van Halen. Really? Yeah. They, uh, I don't know if it was, like I said, it's weird to see who decided on the pop music or whatnot, but they were going to be playing Van Halen's Jump, which, again, fantastic song. Makes sense. Jump, Jumpmen, cool. And would not have had that same, uh, no. would not have had that same feeling because that Starman theme was just mm-hmm. hype. Like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Hype. <laughs> like, you're like, somehow they got hype, they got a heroic feeling, like everything mixed in there, and boom, go to town. It's like, that feeling you get when you get a Starman after struggling in a level for so long. You get it and you're like, alright, let's just run through these guys. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, like, um, overall, I think uh, we all said, or I think we're all in agreement, we uh, enjoyed it and it's uh, such a such a step up from the uh, first Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. It was exactly what I didn't expect in terms of, like, the movie being what it is. Because I expected to not like it. So, the fact that I loved this movie says a lot. Like, you know, they were able to do something while simple, but still make it effective to bring out the nostalgia, but also make it entertaining. Yeah, really? All of the points, for sure. Yeah, because they, they could have gone full-on nostalgia bomb, nostalgia bomb, nostalgia bomb, and that been it, and we'd still probably like it, but mixing the nostalgia in a, in a way where, you know, we, we watched the movie two, three times, and we're still finding little Easter eggs, mm-hmm. while the focus isn't on that, but on the actual moving the story along. No, definitely. What I think is really cool about that is like it's it's a movie for the people who've been fans of it forever. But little yeah. kids go into this movie and experience something new that they've never seen before and be like, "Oh, I like Mario!" Like it's new for them. While yeah. still the original fan, yeah, I, I love that. Go out and they're gonna buy this Mario Kart. They're gonna buy all the Mario games. <laughs> it's, it's gonna then make a it's, ton more money. It's a great yeah. advertisement, honestly. Yeah. I will say, there is one other thing that kind of surprised me, but in a really good way, about this movie. What was that? So, because, again, I walked into this with no idea of anything about promotional material. Mm-hmm. I assumed that Mario was going to have to go rescue Peeps. Boy, was I mistaken. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad they didn't go the damsel route. Yeah, because Pete's was everything I could have ever have wanted in a female protagonist for the movie. Like, she wasn't damsel in distress. She could kick ass, take names, and school Mario, for God's sake. I mean, that was... The entire montage where she's training him and making him, like, learn to fight. I thought that was really cool. And Thank you. Oh, go ahead. Uh, that's all I had. Oh, okay. Can we just say that, oh my god, like, and she's so likable. 
like, like, I can't tell you how many times where I've like, like watched like some shows and movies and um, movies where like they'll have a female lead, but then they'll make her so unlikable. It's like, uh, like, do we really want to root for this this person? Because no, like, guys, I'm sticking by my original statement that she kind of fell flat for me. I know I'm outnumbered here, but I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting. Real... It's interesting because I'm the only female in here, and you guys really liked her as males. It's interesting. Well, well it's interesting because we're seeing female empowerment, I think. See, and I felt there was a lack of that. You well, so I think the complete opposite. Well, I think the reason you think that versus us is that we're we're kind of raised with the expectation of the female di- dance on distress thing. So when we see something even remotely not close to that, we get excited. Yeah, it's just definitely like, a know. step up. It's definitely a step up. I yeah, yeah. because it, it's a step up. But I think we get excited for the small steps up because in this industry and in the gaming world, especially, you don't get a lot of female representation very often. You know, mm-hmm. like. I mean, I think I was talking to Miguel last year about it, and we were saying that there's, like, what, five or six games out of the entire year that were really female protagonist-heavy? I think it was yeah. last year, maybe a year before. I don't remember when it was, but I know at one point you and I talked about this. I mean, it, it was there back in the day, too, but it wasn't as prevalent. It wasn't as prevalent as it is now. Well, okay, but back then you had things like Laura Croft, and, yeah. you know, Laura Croft was really badass, but it sadly was some sex appeal as well. Hmm. Uh, yeah. What about uh, uh, Sawan from Metro, Metroid Prime? Samus. That, Samus, okay. I, I okay, but see, but see, Samus, I don't know how many of the kids when they were growing up realized that that was going to be a female until the reveal, because it was so a gender. That's true, and I, I, I mind you, I've never played Metroid Prime, so I cannot tell you anything about that besides that. Oh, it's a it's a girl wearing the armor, not you know. It was I, like? Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, you guys go ahead with Metroid. Go, 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 go. I just had a thought about about Peach. I'm 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 thinking to myself why it bothered me. I think because they gave female empowerment the win for a brief moment and then took it back. Like but, um, when she whips out uh, the, the power up at the wedding, she's, mm-hmm. she's dominating for a moment and then she gets knocked down and it gets taken away. Um, you know, at the end of the movie, they're in Brooklyn and she's holding Bowser off, but isn't strong enough to do it. Um, so it's like, yes, female empowerment. Um, here's here's the moment, but ultimately, she's not strong enough. I mean, well, no that's one was. That's that's kind of the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah, even I mean, DK who whooped Mario badly without Mario having a power up was about to get uh, was about to get stalked by Bowser there at the end. Mm-hmm. And, if uh, Mario and Luigi didn't get that power power up at the uh, end to beat Bowser. Bowser would have won, hands down. Oh, for and sure. Nobody could, nobody could have beaten him. Peach could have beaten him. Mario couldn't have beaten him. The entire legion of Mario, Luigi, Peach, Mushroom Toads, and Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong could not have beaten him. 
That's very fair without like, the star. Um, like, like without that star power, nobody was going to win because that just that was the OP mechanism for this movie was, hey, here's how you beat the big bad is you need the star power. Mm-hmm. And Mario is the titular character here, so of course there is going to be a bias at the end that Mario has to be. No, I loved I loved the brothers at the end. Like we were just yeah. talking about. I definitely loved that. So let's omit that I was just talking about the ending. Let's only focus on the wedding part. Do you know? I just that's what yeah. I meant. I mean, she she pulled this big stunt. I mean, she pulled it off. She tricked him yeah. into thinking that she was gonna marry him, and then she pulled this big stunt, and I just felt like it was taken away pretty quickly. That's all. So let's forget that I said anything about the ending. I'm mainly focusing on that. Like, like I said, you're you are you're entitled to your opinions. No one is ever yeah. ever saying hey, your opinion is wrong or anything like that. So you know, you, it's good though. It's, it's good though to get your guys' perspective because, like I said, I am the only female in here, and you guys are males, and so we're watching it from different perspectives. You know, so no, no, I'm I'm very interested to hear your perspective here because. I I didn't see it that way. Even the wedding scene, yeah. I didn't I didn't see that as a loss for female empowerment because the alternative here was she didn't do anything and she stayed screaming, "Help me, Mario! Help me, Mario!" But she didn't. She tried to take destiny in her own hands. But unfortunately, to no fault of hers, because remember, DK and them couldn't do it at the end. The loss because Bowser is just that menacing. And one thing I always say in the Tokyo Secrets podcast is you have to give your villain the proper threat factor. Mm-hmm. If you make the if you make the villain kind of wimpy or weak or weak feeling, then the Grandiados is lost here and you don't really you don't feel the urgency of anything, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it—it's it, not taking away female empowerment. It's increasing the villain threat factor to ramp up for the end of the movie and going towards the end game of the movie. Because I mean, even that, that's my problem, But even then, in the wedding scene, like Bowser only broke out of the ice uh, after he thought Mario and Peach were. That just gave him just a quick, like, rage power up. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong and you're not invalid. I'm I'm just providing my perspective here because you're right. We do come from different worlds on this view because we're divided by the fact that you're a girl, I'm a guy. Things are changing. Things are improving in the world of video games. But I think you guys are just so used to the male always ending the fights. You know, yeah. It would would be cool to see um, her overpower Bowser. Well, the problem isn't that. Um, I would have been fine if she did the killing at the end as well. But the expectation, Luigi and Mario, because it's the Super Mario Bros. Exactly, it's the title character thing. Yeah. Yeah, not even talking about the ending. Just, I mean, even yeah. in a small fight, if she had just been able to hold him off a little bit before Mario showed up, but it really yeah. wasn't. It was she got knocked down, and then Mario showed up in a raccoon suit to save her. I mean, she never got knocked down in that fight. She did. She she depowered. She got hit, and she depowered. She had the blue. It was definitely depowered, yeah. And she got hit, and she fell down. Yeah. And she lost well, her power. That they didn't actually show... 
her actually being beaten by Bowser. You see briefly like them them tussling with one another during the whole with Mario. Oh yeah, not- when I said beaten, I meant like when she got depowered. She was oh, like Okay. Yeah, yeah that makes more sense. And then she gets hit and she loses it. I mean, oh, everyone okay. loses their power when they get hit. Uh, the, the scene of them being back in New York and him and Mario getting out to that pizza place and then uh, see them trying to, you know, trying to pull out Bowser till uh, Mario gets there. Yeah. I'd be very interested to see a future movie with the characters return and see how things go now that we kind of established Mario and Luigi as people in this world and how Pete's in their relationship go i mean i'm not looking not, not saying relationship like for romantic stuff but like how does that dynamic work with her uh-huh, being like the you were saying earlier when you were talking about mario galaxy it would be cool to find out if peach came from new york you know yeah. a world like earth well and one of my fears going back to that scene my biggest fear was that mario and peach would end up together at the end of the movie And I didn't want that. I wanted them to stay separate. And I think we ended with them fairly separate. Because you don't even see her again after the Brooklyn scene. I'm curious to know, is your reasoning because you just don't want it to be a romance? Or because you want to prolong said romance so that there's more story development? I want more story development, but also I want... Like the a someday. I want the characters to stand on their own two feet more. Yes. I, like I, I want I want Peach to develop more on her own because she definitely had some mystery there. And I wouldn't want her mystery to get diluted by love interests. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, because they brought up a really good point. Where did she come from? Why is she in the mushroom world? So you know, even like a throwaway line in the next movie saying, oh, Peach was in some other world, not the human world, and she found her way here, that would be fine, and that would get some closure, but we need that to happen. And, you know, not to say that she couldn't still have that revelation while being with Mario, but my fear is that the fandom might focus more on the the sipping aspect. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, and I will say this, and I, I don't care what anybody says, the shipping ru- is what ruined Arrow for me after, after, after season three. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, I should give a Felicity. Oh, I should give a Felicity. And he gets for Felicity and, 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 and everything just turns to crap. Well, it's, it's like that with any fandom, really. Once the sipping really gets involved, um, it's kind of hard to retake some of that story building that you've come to love. Mm. Exactly. And I like mean, I say, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with characters being together, but it's just the fact that if you you're you're trying to force characters to be together, you get what you want, but then at the cost of telling a good story. That's what I don't like. Yeah. I, in terms of the cinematic universe, I'd be curious to see if they're going to, you know, um, in the next film, you know, uh, Luigi is to Mario as Daisy is to Peach as Yoshi is to Toad, you know, so this one majorly focused on Mario, Peach, Toad. So in the next one, will we see an adventure with Luigi introduce Daisy and Yoshi? 
That would be cool. I, I don't know if we're going to get that unless we get a Luigi spinoff. I mean, I don't you think you it. need a Luigi spinoff. I, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. We know we're going to get more movies. You don't make yeah. a billion dollars and leave it at a table. <laughs> right. Because uh, there's a YouTuber named Dan Murrow who I watch, and he brought up a good point. Like, we've seen, you know, in terms of adaptations, we've seen the well of Marvel and DC. We've seen, you know, countless tales. We've seen so many different games try to get adapted. None of them really to the success of this. And Nintendo really is that kind of last kind of IP that there's just there's just gold waiting to be dug out and mm-hmm. made and money to be made off of their franchises. We know the MCU, the Mario Cinematic Universe. <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> we know that we're more than likely going to get a sequel to this. Yeah, yeah they, they do the tease. Uh, randomly, I was not expecting a uh, tease of Yoshi to be similar to the American Godzilla <laughs> ending. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could, they could also go a different route slightly and not make a Mario follow-up movie immediately, but make a Donkey Kong movie. Well, the thing I'm telling people is like, Mario sequel more than likely going to happen. DK is more than likely going to be the other franchise yeah. that gets a movie because they're not making DK Land at Universal Studios and not having something to promote it with. Yeah. Because one thing to keep in mind how this partnership started in the first place was Miyamoto uh, basically wanting to make a theme park. And, you know, talking through Universal is how he ta- met the head of Illumination. And it's like, okay, let's, let's do this partnership where we can make the theme park and then we can make the movies to basically promote the theme park itself. And so with the next expansion being Donkey Kong, you don't, you don't have to be a math genius to put two plus two together. It's yeah. just after that. Where do you want to go? Because there's well, I, so many different routes you can go. I think the end route will probably be something similar to Smash. Let's hope so. Maybe. Because one of the most popular properties Nintendo has is Super Brothers Smash or whatever. So. Super Smash Bros. That. I, I was having a brain fart for a minute. <laughs> Because, I mean, yeah, you're right. We see some characters like Donkey Kong and Toad, and if they make the right deal with Sonic's uh, movie hold- license holders... We don't need Sonic. You, you could have Sonic for like, no. a crossover endgame movie thing. That'd be kind of cool. I think, I think people are just jumping the gun too much and wanting Smash Ultimate, where I think the more likely route we're going to go with is... I'm thinking just the original eight. Well, maybe yeah. seven, because Pokemon is a whole... Yeah, no. no do not bring web. in Pokemon. It is a do whole not... web, because there's so many different people that have their hands in it. It's not a wholly Nintendo thing, but they have a major stake in it. Okay, but, but listen, they... 
Sora and Cloud show up. Nope. Like I said, everyone is jumping the gun to Ultimate. You, <laughs> you can't do that. You can't go... Avengers 1 wouldn't have worked if they went from the first six to Endgame right away. Yeah, you're right. Of course. So like, what you're saying is going to be a Star Fox movie. So, yeah, like, and here's the thing. I need one anyway. I don't want Illumination to work on, a, on something that doesn't fit their style of humor. Like, Zelda and Metroid just doesn't does. work, doesn't work yeah. with that. But thankfully, Universal also owns another animation studio that put out probably the best animated movie I've seen all year in DreamWorks. That's what movie true. was that? Puss in Boots, The Last Wish. Oh. I didn't see that, by the way. I had not seen any of the Puss in Boots yeah. movies. I was just like, uh, I really don't want to watch a spinoff. Because I, I was one of those people get... that was like, not Shrek, I, if not Shrek's not in it, I don't want to see it. But now I'm out of I don't even know if I watched Shrek 3 or not. I think I've only watched the first two. There are four now. Yeah. Okay, I haven't watched anything beyond the second one. Probably and the clown makes a movie, too. <laughs> Probably a smart move. Um, I don't know if I want to do this to myself. <laughs> I like Shrek, the first movie. I thought the second movie was pretty cool. But do I really want to watch more of them? No. Here's nah, the thing. Puss in, yeah, the Puss in yeah, Boots movies know. are nothing like the Shrek movies. Really? The first one, yes. Last Wish, no. It is... I would say... The only one in the franchise that even competes with the quality of this one would be the second Shrek movie. Uh, but just like the animation they did in it, it's just... And for something that's going to have not so much... like When I say dark, I don't mean like we're going from Power Rangers to the freaking Dark Knight Returns here. I mean, just like a little bit, the worlds just are not the same. For something like Zelda and Metroid, I think you get someone else, but if they're still in the same parent company, like, you can make it work. Exactly. Yeah, I could see, I could see that happening. And, and also, like, and this is completely separate, of course, because you, because uh, I know Dai had mentioned uh, Sora, and I was like, let, let. Well, I was this... absolutely joking. I was not serious. Please do not put Cloud and Sora in a Mario movie. Okay. Yeah. Cause like, I think Disney should just, her, make a freaking Kingdom Hearts series or movie or something. So that way they can just have something there. And then like, if they want to maybe later down the line to a crossover, maybe that could work. <laughs> I was not serious. Promise. But no, I could, I could see them maybe just going how the order of the Smash Bros. characters were put in. You right, know, you the original. Mario one. first, then you go DK, then you go Zelda, Metroid. Kirby movie would absolute. I think Illumination would absolutely knock it out of the park with a Kirby movie. I would be very interested in seeing a Kirby movie as well, because I can't imagine what they would do there. There's so much they could do. Oh, I know. Like I've, I'm just curious like how they would put it together. And you know, if and the one thing that I'll give Illumination this, like they found the directors who had the passion for this. Like so many times when someone is given a project and they say, Oh, I'm a fan, but then they change everything about the project, 
looking at the Resident Evil movies, for example. <laughs> when you get the right people who, like, say, yeah, no, I grew up with this, I love these characters, this is my interpretation of them, while still staying true to their core, it's hard to find people like that. And, <laughs> you know, I think they could do it. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if, like, it's fun to joke about, like, the Nintendo Cinematic Universe. But it is something that's, I think it's easier to do in animation than live action. It is. Um, you get a lot more flexibility there. And, I mean, that's something that we're even seeing in the Power Rangers fandom is, if, everything is ending after this season, like the, the continuity, then make something animated where you have more control of things without the actors being needed to come back if you have trouble with that. And I think animated stuff is a lot easier because you're not reliant on certain things. Like, you have a lot more flexibility to design stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Right. Uh, but it's... I think the next few years are going to be really interesting for Nintendo, because yeah. we're coming off the Switch finally cooling down in terms of sales-wise. Like, for the most part, I think they've sold... They're nearly at the point where they've kind of sold all they're going to sell. So we're due for a new console soon. There is actually a new council coming out March 2024. My friend literally linked me like 20 minutes ago. Okay, here's the thing. If it's another Bloomberg article saying, oh, the Switch Pro is coming, I have heard that rumor for the last six years. I know, that's what I was it, saying, but it, let's see who the article is. Like, until... Like, there is going to be a new council. Whether it's next year or the year after, we don't know. Uh, their latest meetings, they said... Yeah, I expect Switch sales to continue to cool down. Um, they have highly anticipated title coming out this week, Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah. Um, they are on. They are on a roll that they haven't been on in a very, very long time. You know, they have a billion dollar movie. They they have a lot going for them, so. Where they kind of go forward after this, it's going to be fun. Whether it's a shared universe or just individual movies. We'll see, but man, it is, it is a very exciting time to be big fan of the uh, Nintendo worlds. Because, oh man, they are, they are cooking something up. And honestly, if all their efforts end up being like this Mario movie... We're going to have uh, years and years of entertainment coming up, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we need it because... I don't know. I don't want to say a lot of bad here, but I think we need a new cinematic universe to get behind. Because the Marvel one's kind of really hit and miss lately. It's okay to say Ant-Man 3 sucked. Ant-Man 3 sucked, dude. I haven't seen <laughs> Ant-Man 3 yet. It sucked. I've, I've seen Guardians. And that was pretty dang good. But... That was James Gunn. 
he's the only director Marvel has that I'm like, I trust you. Because let me tell you, the Avengers director saying, oh yeah, we love to, we're going to love using AI in the future, makes me think they've already been using AI in their other films. Yeah. yeah. Especially Lord, love, um, Thor, Love, and Thunder. Oh my god, that was... Ugh. That was a bad movie. That's not but yeah, no, that, I mean, I think, I think Marvel's going to go on for many years to come, but I think it'd be good to have a fresh breath of fresh air. It's nice to have it's nice to be excited for movies. Yeah. Especially adaptations, because the thing I kind of want to end on on this podcast here before we go completely off the rails. Um, it, this movie was the first time I'm watching a video game movie where it's not, oh, it's a Hollywood take on a video game. But it's actually like, you know, I feel like I could be this. I feel like this is like easily a video game. You know, no no disrespect to, you know, the Sonic movies, no disrespect to Detective Pikachu, but those felt like, okay, this is just Hollywood's take on this. You know, Sonic was very much video game character in real world. Yeah. Road trip. Like this felt like, yeah, this is Mario. There he is jumping. There he is, stomping Goombas, hitting shells, racing on a cart. Like, this is Mario. And after decades now, God, I sound old, old when I say decades. Uh, it's nice to actually have video game adaptations that are unabashedly like, yeah, we're based on a video game, you know. In terms of movie, Mario, television shows, The Last of Us just killed it with their first season. You know, not really deviating much from what made them, what made that franchise, like, good. They're like, yeah, we're not going to change too much about us, because we think, on our own, we stand. So it's, like, nice. It's nice that we don't have to have a situation like Resident Evil, where it's just that in name only. Yeah. God, I... Just want to get Resident Evil adaptation soon. Good man. Oh, God. Are we We are over on the movies and we are over on the TV shows. Jesus. Don't watch Welcome to Raccoon City. <laughs> I have not seen it. And I don't Never know watch it. Never watch it. Anyway, uh, final thoughts before we head out. I mean, I've been giving my final thoughts all throughout. Um, all I can really say is, I love the movie. I'm glad I was able to walk into it with no forewarning or expectation, and I'm glad I was able to walk out excited for the Mario Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I um, genuinely just enjoyed it as a movie. There really was no... There was no like letdown, no disappointment. I had a good time throughout the whole thing, so it was good. Yeah. Definitely, it's, it's a fantastic movie. I like I say, I watched it twice: once with some friends, and second with my sister. It, it she she even enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Um... Let's go. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> now. One one question to kind of close this out here. 
would we want to go back and watch the 1993 Mario movie and review it for this no. podcast? No, thank you. Because I think that'd be kind of fun to just riff on. I'm, I'm good on that. No, definitely not. <laughs> Let's not torture ourselves anymore, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me. Don't put that evil on me. All right, fine. <laughs> all right. Well, that's actually going to wrap it up for us. Thank you all so much for joining us. Check us out. Check out our other podcasts. We have Star Wars. We've got Sentai. We've got all sorts of other stuff in the works coming out. Check us out at AnimeSecrets.org or our YouTube channel, Anime Secrets. Until then, y'all have a good night. Take care.